Hey, welcome to the Kalos Church Podcast. We're so honored you're here. The word Kalos means beautiful in, well, poorly pronounced Greek. But we're all about making known the beauty of Jesus. So why don't we dive in to last week's sermon right now. My name is Pastor Amritha. And we're glad that you're here. Feels like God is doing some really beautiful and powerful things in our midst. Can I get an amen? Uh, We are in a season of prayer and fasting. Thank you for joining us. You know, I thought it was so cool because many of you actually came to me and said, hey, Pastor Amritha, I'm believing God for these things in my life this year. Would you pray with me? And I want you to know that I have been praying with you. I have been thinking of you. Those of you that came and asked for extra prayer in that time, I have been joining you that God would reveal himself to you in that. So thank you for praying and fasting with us, which leads me to a little bit of an announcement I just want to kind of pastor us through. You know, we are a portable church meeting at the Hilton Garden Inn Hotel. If you didn't know, that's where you are. That's where we are this morning. And, uh, you know, before we came to the Hilton Garden Inn, um, they actually had a couple contracts with a couple businesses before we came where we won't be able to meet on two Sunday mornings coming up here. Okay? So it's just two Sunday mornings, all the Sundays leading up to this, in between these two dates, and after that, we will continue to meet here. But on February 9th and March 15th, we are actually going to move our services to a building called GIX. Everybody say GIX. Don't ask me what it stands for. I don't actually know. I probably should have figured that out before. But it's in a beautiful building, and we are going to be having our services. It's kind of in an area of town that's up and coming, and it is, it's going to be really beautiful. And so on those two, just those two mornings, we are going to be having both of our services. We're going to have kids ministry. We're going to have all the same things on those mornings at a new venue, GIX, that we're only meeting in those two Sundays. But I got to tell you, if you want to head start on uh, seeing this venue for those two Sundays. We have our unveil service next Sunday evening at GIX. So we just thought, hey, how easy can we make it for the people? Let's just go to the same place next Sunday, then that next Sunday evening at Unveil, and then we'll go those two services that we can't meet here. But then after that, we will be here uh, like regular. Does that make sense? I just want to tell you that we love you, church. We want to make it not confusing. We want to make sure that we can still meet and worship together because it's just such a huge, powerful moment of our week right? And so uh, we'll be doing that together next week at Unveil. I got to tell you what, I'm so excited because this is a black tie event. We only have one of those every year. And we're going to unveil what God has been talking to us about, what's coming up in our church in the next season. And what I'm really excited for is that for the kids, please bring your kids. We have childcare, but we also hired a balloon artist, okay? There's a balloon artist coming to Unveil, so you can dress up your kids or not and come to Unveil. Bring them to Unveil. There's going to be a balloon artist. It's going to be super fun. The kids, I just found out through our kids director, Amy, they love, if you don't know that, if your kids are in our kids' ministry, they love every Sunday at the end of service, they get to do the limbo, okay? These kids love to dance and do the limbo. So we're going to do the limbo at Unveil as well for our kids. So join us next Sunday evening for that. Amen? 
All right, awesome. Well, we are in our Ancient Future series. We are blowing the dust off of some practices that may have just felt like they were for the past, they were for ancient times, but really they are for today as well. And today I want to talk about a topic that is hugely, hugely important to our life, I believe, and that is the topic of Sabbath. I'm going to actually define what Sabbath is for us here in just a minute, but I want to dive into the scriptures. And Isaiah 58, 13 that talks about the Sabbath. It says this, keep the Sabbath day holy. Don't pursue your own interests on that day, but enjoy the Sabbath and speak of it with delight as the Lord's holy day. Honor the Sabbath in everything you do on that day and don't follow your own desires or talk idly. I love that. Honor the Sabbath. Matthew eleven twenty eight. I'm going to read this from the message translation. I love it. Just so relatable. It says this. Are you tired? Are you worn out? Burnt out on religion? Come to me. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me, and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. I love that. These scriptures are talking about something that we all face, and that is sort of this unsustainable, busy, hurried life that we live, right? And God actually thought it's so important to talk about the Sabbath that he made it one of the Ten Commandments. So i got to ask you this morning, are you tired are you busy? Are you like deeply soul exhausted? Are you the kind of person that can fall asleep pretty much anywhere because you're just so tired? Found some people on the internet who just were really tired, couldn't stay awake, and uh, just found themselves, they, these, this, they're just so tired, we're tired, and you know, we need a break. We're talking about the Sabbath. I don't know how tired you have to be for that. That looks painful, but he doesn't look like he's in pain. I don't know how you do that. That is impressive. Do we have another one? Is that it? I think that was it. But we have, we are so tired. And my daughter, okay, everyone, my daughter is 10 months old. She does this thing that babies do where when they're tired, they fight it. They, fight, they just need to go to sleep, but they just fight it, and they cry, and they yell, and they're just mad, and you're just trying so hard. Just go to sleep, child, right? And uh, she, I got on video, this, this video where she just couldn't fight it anymore. And I tell you what, I think some of us are at that point. We can't hardly fight it anymore. So let's play this video of my maybe, daughter. Maybe eyelashes? Oh, yeah. she's, just, oh. she's just fighting, but she just oh. can't handle it. Oh. And there she goes. Some of you are literally getting heavy eyes looking at this. Don't fall asleep today in my sermon, please. But I tell you what, we are fighting it. We are fighting actually a rhythm of rest that God is calling us to that is the Sabbath. And I really think that we need to look at this very carefully and very deeply and understand what's going on. I think that we have found ourselves in a place we never thought we would be. We have gone down a path we didn't mean to go down. We didn't imagine maybe 10 years ago, 20 years ago when we imagined our life today. We didn't imagine being so exhausted. 
We didn't imagine our schedules just being packed with commitment after commitment after commitment. We didn't imagine that we would be, if you're honest and being uh, just truly looking at your inner self, workaholics, right? We have a problem. Did you know that Americans are the, we have the, mo the most amount of vacation, I'm sorry, we have the least amount of vacation days at our jobs and we're not taking all of them? We are just working and working and working. And there are some deeply rooted issues we're going to talk about today that I believe are a result of that. I was shocked by the statistic. And the number one killer in the U.S. today is coronary heart disease. This statistic, listen to this, 610,000 people die every year due to heart disease. And it is, doctors are believing it is because of stress. It is because we're not taking care of ourselves. It's not because we are not prioritizing rest. We're not prioritizing the Sabbath. We value our work so much that our health has suffered. We are spending billions of dollars on health care. Because really, what the scripture is saying, we're not, we're not honoring the day of Sabbath. We're not honoring a rhythm of grace and a rhythm of rest in our lives. If we don't take a break, we will break. I love this quote by Ronald Roheiser says this, today a number of historical circumstances are blindly flowing together and accidentally conspiring to produce a climate within which it is difficult not just to think about God or to pray, but simply to have an interior depth whatsoever. We are distracting ourselves into spiritual oblivion. Pathological busyness, distraction, and restlessness are major blocks today within our spiritual lives. We must look at the scriptures and Sabbath and get the heart behind what God is saying. What is Sabbath? What is Sabbath? I want to just bring a little bit of a definition for us today. The Hebrew word for Sabbath is Shabbat. Everybody say Shabbat. Shabbat. Shabbat is actually uh, originates a word that is actually a verb and not a noun. I used to think that, that Sabbath was just one thing that you do. It's a day. It can be that, but it's more of a principle that we need to take into our life. And the word literally means to cease from the routine. To cease from the routine. It is actually a day of distinction. Did you know that? I love that definition for it. So really, on Sabbath, God is saying, don't do what you normally do. Do what you don't normally do. Do you follow that? Don't always do. It's, it's got to be a day of distinction. And for the Jewish people, Sabbath started on Friday night, and it went all the way to Saturday night. And I also used to think that it was just this day to be alone and rest and have cucumbers on my eyes and go to the spa or something like that, you know. But that's also not necessarily what it is. In fact, we can be in fellowship together on Sabbath. We can be worshiping the Lord together. We can be serving the Lord together on Sabbath. But it is this principle of having rest, of kind of coming against this culture, like this quote said, that says we're even lacking a spiritual depth inside of us. Man, I don't want that for my children. And so when we look at this, I believe that God is asking us to keep the Sabbath and not violate it. Don't do what it, you prefer to do on that day. Do what God is leading you to do on that day. So the title of my message this morning is, If You Keep the Sabbath, the Sabbath Will Keep You. 
And I believe the Sabbath will do three things for you. Number one, if you keep the Sabbath, the Sabbath will keep you human. Number two, it will keep you prioritized or focused. And number three, it will keep you sharp. Number one, if you keep the Sabbath, the Sabbath will keep you human. I was thinking about this last night. I was like, my first point is that the Sabbath will keep us human. That's kind of crazy. And the reason I believe that we have to look at this in that way is because I believe if we keep the Sabbath, it will restore human value. Instead of being just constant human doings, we've got to recognize that we are human beings. We as a culture are so focused on output. We're so focused on what we do. We find our value and our purpose in everything that we do, that we do, that we do, and that we work. And we're prideful enough to think that we have to be the ones who do it all and get it all done. Or we feel like fearful that we aren't going to have enough money if we don't just do, do, do. You know, I tried this Sabbath thing. Um, Pastor Pradeepan and I try to take a Sabbath every Friday. Actually, we do. Every Friday, we take a Sabbath. And uh, when we first started, what was happening is um, I, was, uh, I, was trying, I was trying to Sabbath, right? Like, I didn't open my computer. I didn't check my email. I didn't open Slack. I didn't look at my text messages, right? And, uh, but but Pradeepan saw me, and I was, like, running to the basement and running back up, running to the basement, running back up. You know, and, and, I, and I had laundry in my hands, running up and down from the basement, doing laundry. I was cleaning the kitchen. I was doing the floors, washing windows. I was just doing all this stuff. And pretty much, Amrita, you're violating the Sabbath. And I was like, babe, no, I'm not. I'm not looking at my computer. I'm not working today. I'm not writing a sermon today. And he's like, no, you're working. And I said what every mother always says and wants to say, and that is, well, if I don't do it. <laughs> Who's going to do it? When is it going to get done? Right? Right? Has to happen on my Sabbath. But you know what? He called me out and he was right. I, vi- I was violating the Sabbath. I was violating the Sabbath. <laughs> I'm going to take that as an amen, amen, amen. But we must, we must, church, if we're not careful, we must value whose we are rather than what we do. Do you know that you are a child of God who has an innate value just because of who you are, not because of what you do? Our culture will not give you that message. Our culture will not elevate that in your life. But the church must start elevating that in our lives. If we don't stop doing that, we will die of depression and anxiety and fatigue and coronary heart disease. We will become victim to that. And God knew this. God rested on the seventh day. Look at Genesis 2, 1 through 3. So the creation of the heavens and the earth and everything in them was completed. On the seventh day, God had finished his work of creation. So he rested from all his work. And God blessed the seventh day and declared it holy because it was the day when he rested from all his work of creation. You see, God, in all of his power and glory and wisdom, he didn't need a break, but he knew that he needed to be an example for us that he even rested from the creation of the earth. We see in the scriptures in the Old Testament that the Israelites were in captivity and enslaved by the Egyptians for 70 years. They were slaves. The Egyptians, Egyptians worked them tirelessly. 
They didn't treat them like human beings. They treated them like human doings. It was all about output. It was all about looking at them as just figures and robots and, and not actual human beings. And while we're not slaves like the Israelites to the Egyptians, I am fearful, church, that we are becoming enslaved to our schedules. We are becoming enslaved to this idea of what success is. If I would show my boss that I can put in more hours, if I go get another degree, if I get another certificate, if I work and work and work, I can prove to myself and prove to others that I am worthy. We must be very careful what we believe in. We struggle with a hurry mentality. And I believe that our resistance, there is a true resistance of rest. Even in my own life, I've had to confront this. Our true resistance of rest, I think, can be our love of money, our fear of not having enough. It will take trust in God, true trust in who he is, to embrace Sabbath on a real level. We are afraid of rest culture, and my husband and I have been talking a lot lately that in our capitalistic society, if we're not careful, this is going to come to become a train wreck when automation starts taking more of our jobs, we're going to have a huge identity crisis. Who am I? What was I made here for? What is happening in my life? You know, the GDP does not account for people with disabilities and special needs. The GDP does not account for working stay-at-home moms who are there all day with their kids, working on the house, taking care of their children. You know, my son has disabilities. The measurement of my love and my value for him is not what he does. It is the value of who he is because he was made in the image of God and God gave him to me to care for. We have to be careful because my son has innate human value and so do you. And it has way less to do with what you do and what you produce on the earth through your work. I'm trying to put down your work. It's awesome. Let's keep working. But we must have a rhythm of rest. Amen. Number one, keep the Sabbath, and the Sabbath will keep you human. Number two, if you keep the Sabbath, the Sabbath will keep you prioritized. It will keep us focused. Like I said, it's going to take a lot of trust. Will you trust God to do more with six days than what you can do in seven? Will you trust him? Sometimes we think, no, I got to get it done. I got to get that laundry done. I got to check my email. I got to make sure I'm leading. I, I'm, I'm the leader of an organization. I'm a pastor of a church. I got to make sure that we got our ducks together. But the truth is, I'm going to talk about this in a little bit. If, if we don't take a Sabbath, we will not uh, be really doing the work that we could be doing. And I think sometimes we try to rest like I was trying to rest. And honestly, we just kind of sabotage ourselves. Like you just, you just think that maybe the Sabbath is this really long nap. Or maybe this vacation. You know, I want to show this video of my son. I showed you a video of my daughter. It's only fair that I show you a picture of my son. Here he is on the beach. On the beach. Just look at him. Just. Oh, yeah. There you go. There it is. Oh, yeah. Oh, 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 oh. Sabotage. Oh, gross. Gross. Me as a mother, I just stood there and took a video. I didn't help him. Just eat that sand. 
but we kind of do this to ourselves. We think that we're honoring the Sabbath, but we're not. It's not just about taking a long nap. This is about embracing a command and a principle of a rhythm of rest. That should lead you to be able, for God's spirit to be able to reprioritize your life. When you actually rest, the really important things will come back to your life and you will reprioritize what's important. And I'll tell you right now, church, that the number one most important thing in your life, it should be your life with God. It should be your relationship with him. It should be what you think about who God is. And the second is your relationships. Are your relationships suffering? Have you talked with God recently? Is he really a part of your life, interior depth? Is he a part of that? We're in such a hurry that that we become very distracted and unfocused if we're not careful. And if we actually embrace this Sabbath, if we embrace this rest, you'll find that God says, hey, you know, you, you, you need to kind of come back to me. Come rest with me. Come, come be with me. Hey, hey, you're not, your, your marriage needs some attention. Your kids need a relationship with you. All of a sudden, the Spirit of God will bring you to reprioritize some things in your life that you kind of let out of hand, Right? We have what we call the disease of hurry. And actually, mental health professionals are naming this in the DSM manual as the hurry sickness. The hurry sickness. It is a behavior pattern characterized by continual rushing and anxiousness. A malaise in which a person feels chronically short of time and so tends to perform every task faster and to get flustered when encountering any kind of delay. Some of you are like, oh boy. Just got convicted. Do you have hurry sickness? I'll tell you. I'm going to ask you three questions. You ready for this? This is going to tell you if you have hurry sickness. I'm about to diagnose all of you, okay? Number one, you move at the grocery store from one checkout line to the next because it's shorter. Hmm. Number two, at the stoplight, you count the cars ahead of you and change to another lane that's shorter. Some of you are like fighting to get in there. And number three, you multitask so hard you forget one of the tasks. Are you multitasking so hard you forget some of the tasks? You may have hurry sickness. John Mark Comer says this, hurry is a form of violence on the soul. Dallas Willard says, hurry is the greatest enemy of spiritual life in our day. You must ruthlessly eliminate hurry from your life. Hurry will get us, church. We see that Jesus modeled a life that was so restful, that was, that was focused. He never lost focus. Can you imagine an irritable, stressed out Jesus? He just wasn't like that. When he was on the earth, he was so present with us. In Mark chapter 5, I want to just summarize this story. This family comes to Jesus and say, Jesus, our daughter is dying. She's, she's already dead. Would you come and heal her? Would you come and touch her with your power? We know you can heal her. And Jesus says, yes, I'll come. And Jesus, in his relaxed way, all-knowing, just, just gets up and he starts walking. And he's walking with crowds. He's walking with disciples all around him. And all of a sudden, this woman who had been dealing with an issue of blood just fights her way through this crowd, falls on her knees, and touches Jesus' cloak. And Jesus stops in his tracks and he says, wait a minute, who touched me? And the disciples are like, well, Jesus, hello, A, we got a place to be. There's a girl dying. B, everybody's touching you. We're in a crowd. And Jesus says, no, 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 listen, power just left from my body. 
And so he turns around and he sees this woman and he stops. He's not so much in a hurry to not give this woman dignity, to make sure her issue is important. And he looks at her and he doesn't say, hey lady, I'm in a hurry, I'll heal you later. I got some place to be. He looks at her and he says, woman, your faith has healed you. He took the time. If he would have been in such a hurry the way we operate, that wouldn't have happened. And the whole society wouldn't have seen how Jesus brought dignity and amazing worth to this woman. And then Jesus went on and he healed that little girl. That is the unhurried way of living. Amen. God is calling us to live in this way. We need to take seriously the attacks that are coming against a rhythm of rest. Michael Zigarelli from the Charleston University uh, School of Business did a survey of 20,000 Christians in North America. And this is what he said about it. He said it may, or uh, he said he identified business as the major distraction to people's life with God. And he says it may be the case that number one, Christians are assimilating to a culture of busyness, hurry, and overload, which leads to two, God becoming more uh, marginalized in Christians' lives, which leads to three, a deteriorating relationship with God, which leads to four, Christians becoming even more vulnerable to adopting secular assumptions about how to live, which leads to five, more conformity to a culture of busyness, hurry, and overload. And then the cycle begins again. If you keep the Sabbath, the Sabbath will keep you prioritized. Church, moms, dads, we must underguard our spiritual life and create one for our children. We must, it is not going to magically appear, not in this society. We must take the Sabbath seriously. If you want to experience the life of Jesus, you have to adopt the lifestyle of Jesus. Jesus slowed down. He was fully present. Amen. Number three, if you keep the Sabbath, the Sabbath will keep you sharp. It will keep you sharp. 2007 was a key year in history in our world. It was the year that Steve Jobs launched the iPhone. It was the year that Facebook and Twitter and iCloud, all the iThings, the App Store, they all went global. It was a truly uh, remarkable moment in our decade. But here's what happened when all of those things happened. It began to rewire our neurobiology and if not demolish our capacity and attention to focus. It's kind of a pet peeve of mine when preachers come against social media and iPhones and good technology, but here I am saying there is a, a, an impact that it is having, and I believe it's directly impacting this principle, this command of Sabbath, of a rhythm of rest. Psychologists are saying that most North American relationships with their phone falls under the word compulsion, if not addiction. I love this quote by John Mark Comer. It says, Satan doesn't have to show up with a pitchfork on your shoulder. He's already showing up as the dopamine rush you get from your phone. You know, there was a photographer, you may have seen this before, who took some pictures of people, and he went ahead and photoshopped out their cell phones. And this is what life looks like with our cell phone, but if we would take it out, you'll kind of see the impact it's having on our society. This is really what we're doing without our cell phones. 
And if you think about it, if you notice, this photographer, he actually said, what I noticed about these photos is the physical close proximity that these people have, that we have with each other, but the emotional distance that we actually are experiencing from one another. You may be sitting beside a friend or a loved one or a wife or a husband or a fiance right now very closely, but where is the emotional distance that you have with one another? And I would challenge you that this culture of hurry, this phone under compulsion is impacting you greatly. Ecclesiastes 10.10 says this, using a dull ax requires great strength, so sharpen the blade. That's the value of human wisdom. It helps you succeed. Church, we need to sharpen our blade. We are working harder, not smarter. We're out there working, working, working. And if we would just take a rest, if we would honor the Sabbath, we would sharpen our blade and not have to work so hard. I believe, I believe that if Pastor Pradeepan and I did not uphold the Sabbath in our lives, we would not be good pastors to this church. There are so many days that I think, oh my goodness, there's so much to get done. But you know what's actually best as a leader of an organization, what's best as a pastor of a church, is we need to take a break. We need to rest. And I encourage you to take a rest. The world teaches us to apologize for needing a rest day. I give you the freedom to not apologize for a day of rest. John Mark Comer says, let life come to you, not at you. Don't be victims of your schedule. Don't be victims of just kind of this, this need to constantly produce. Be sharp. Be sharp, church. Allow your acts to get sharp again. Amen? I want to warn you just a little bit and pastor you a little bit. And something that Pastor Pradeepan and I, sometimes we see when people start taking the Sabbath seriously, if we're not careful, um, I, I want you to do Sabbath. I want you to choose a day. That's my challenge. I'm getting there. But a day where you are resting, where you honor the scripture that says uphold the Sabbath, okay? I want you to pick a day. And you, you, on that day, you rest and you Sabbath. And it becomes a rhythm. Don't just do it for a month. Don't do it for six months. Do it every single week, okay? I challenge you. But I want you to be thoughtful about this because what we don't want is for you to sacrifice love for neighbor and the great commission for the Sabbath. Something that I think happens is, is um, if we're not careful, if we don't make God the center of our family, our family will not benefit from the blessings of God. And sometimes what, uh, what we see happening is people say, okay, I'm going to take the Sabbath. Sunday morning is my Sabbath. I'm going to brunch. I'm not going to go to church. I'm going to go to brunch. It's my Sabbath. Preacher told me to take a Sabbath. I do want you to take a Sabbath. But I want you to understand that part of the rhythm of rest, the rhythm of God's grace is worshiping together in a community, not forfeiting your Sunday mornings, making sure that, that you're worshiping God in, in this environment, that you continue to serve. Make that also an important part of your rhythm. Serve God, worship him on your Sabbath and on Sunday mornings. I encourage you. Most of the world goes to church maybe once a month. I encourage you to come, make this a part of, of the weekly rhythm of your life with God. Amen. You know, the truth is, is, is when our kids and if our kids start getting addicted to porn or addicted to drugs, substances, when our kids are struggling with depression and suicide, brunch will not save them. We must 
help our kids, help our families experience the power and the spirit of God, the living God. So I encourage you, church, don't forfeit loving your neighbor. Don't forfeit a life with the church and a community of worship. Inner peace is achieved when our schedule aligns with our values. Show your family, show your kids that your schedule aligns with your value. I want to close today going back to that Matthew 11 scripture in the message version. Let me just read this to you. And I just want you to take a deep breath and take this in and, and relate and allow God to touch you. Matthew eleven twenty eight. Are you tired? Are you worn out? Burned out on religion? Come to me. Get away with me. And I will recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced, unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Let's pray. Oh, Father, I thank you. I thank you for your word. Oh, God, we uphold the value, the principle, the command of Sabbath and a rhythm of rest in our lives. And today we commit to that, Lord Jesus, to make this a true discipline in our lives. Oh, Lord, I pray that you would help the church bring restoration to the world that would say that there is a value in us that is about being human beings and not human doings. Help us, Lord Jesus, to champion your love for the world in this way. And Father, we love you and we thank you for a rhythm of rest. Thank you, God, for commanding it. Thank you for setting the example for us. We choose to follow in your ways. In the name of Jesus, amen. Well, I really hope that you enjoyed that sermon. We're going to have a new one posted every single Monday. So see you back next week. And if you're ever in the Seattle area, we would love to have you join us in church. Go to kalos.church or follow us on social media at Kalos Church for more information. See you next time.